Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark films from the cynical, cinephile point of view. And the hopeless, romantic point of view. My name is Hamilton. And I'm Stephanie. And tonight, we're going to be taking a look at another time travel movie. Yes, uh, a little different than what we've seen. Very much more like It's a Wonderful Life-esque, I would say. Yeah, I was getting some big It's a Wonderful Life vibes. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Especially towards the end. Like, I was expecting some Zuzu petals to be everywhere. And, <laughs> I know. Uh, but we asked you all what movie hadn't we reviewed that you wanted to hear us talk about, and this one got the most requests. So we are talking about A Kiss Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just a quick side note, guys. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. We are brand new puppy parents, and it has been quite a handful to try and do a podcast um, as prolific as Hallmark Films during the Christmas time with this adorable little puppy. So thank you all for hanging in there. Thank you all for your continued support and continued comments. Yeah, Penny um, loves to whine and bark whenever we try to record. It's her favorite <laughs> time to come alive. Um, so we have, you know, taken taken little breaks here and there just to, to make sure she's getting the love and care that she needs from us. So, um, so yeah, we appreciate uh, the patience uh, and waiting for these reviews to come out. So thank you all, and let's go ahead and jump right into it. Stephanie. Yes, Hamilton. Is this a film that you would watch again, maybe while our adorable puppy is sleeping so you could actually focus on it? Or is this one that you might have on in the background while you're trying to get our puppy to chew on her toys instead of the furniture? Or is this one that you would never watch again, even if our puppy was being very, very good and sweet? <laughs> um, this one, I think, this was a very sweet movie. And I, my rating doesn't take away from the movie. I think it's a, I think it was a really great, movie but i i think this is more of like a background one for me mm-hmm. even though there i loved i loved the premise of it and i thought the acting was great i think that it was a bit it was a bit too business heavy for me for what are you, ta- what are you talking about <laughs> this it was barely talked about business it was barely need business in this uh film. for me to say i want to watch this one again um fully so if it was on in the background you know i might take a peek but even though it was a very sweet and touching movie it w- it's going to be a background background one for me i would actually 100 percent agree with that i'm i'm right there with you this one is definitely a background one for me but again like you said it doesn't take away from the film in my opinion um, it's just not my type because boy, howdy, we learned a lot about business, real estate development. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot. We learned a lot. And also some pro bono lawyer work. We learned, yeah. we learned a, a decent amount there. So this one's a background one for me. Um, but there were some really cute moments that I think I would sit down and watch for, especially towards the back half of this film. But yeah, this one is a background one for me while I chased our cute little puppy daughter around. So why don't I give us a quick plot summary world famous let's hear it world famous this is what the people have been waiting for um ethan thinks his life would be better if he wasn't always the good guy so he unknowingly makes a wish to santa and finds himself in a life without his wife and kids and must figure out a way to get back to his real life learning that he had everything he needed all along Mm -hmm. that was good short and sweet short and sweet (laughs) 
I think that hit the nail on the head. Uh, you didn't mention how creepy our Santa was, though, so I'm a little disappointed. Well, it's in my notes. It's definitely in my notes, and I just didn't think it uh, fit to put it in the plot summary. But I, I definitely knew that it was going to be a, a topic of, I can't wait. of conversation. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. Um, so why don't we go ahead and talk about our, our two main leads here? Yes, we have James Denton, who who plays our Ethan, our, our Jimmy Stewart type character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, then we have Terry Hatcher, who plays Joyce. And I love Terry Hatcher. I haven't seen Terry Hatcher in a minute, but it was really nice to see her again. Um, I remember her from the days of Lo- Lois and Clark. Yep, that's that's right. I, I never watched Desperate Housewives, so I, I just know her from Lois and Clark. So it was really cool to see her. Never watched Desperate Housewives either, which apparently her and James Denton were in together. So this was like a reunion of sorts for them. But I also remember her from, which I don't know if you remember, her from MacGyver. What? Really? She was Penny Parker, if you recall, from MacGyver. And she was one of my favorite characters. That's actually who our dog is named after, Penny <laughs> Penny Parker. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't I didn't remember her from MacGyver at all. Thank, thank you for calling that out. Yeah. So it was really nice to see her again. Um, and I thought these two were great together as a, as a married couple. And that's one of the things that I really liked about this film is that we have a couple who is not in the very beginning stages of their relationship, but is really established, well-established relationship we have here. They've been married for years. They've adopted two kids. And so it was really uh, a neat thing to see that perspective. Yeah, this was definitely a different kind of uh, thing for Hallmark, sort of showing like the family struggling financially um, and like really showing, you know, real life issues that can happen in, you know, a couple that's been married for Mm -hmm. a while. And uh, so, yeah, I really I really enjoyed seeing a sort of different aspect to a relationship in in one of these movies. Yeah, that that to me, I think, is the strongest aspect is, is what you just described for sure. Seeing that those beginning struggles and seeing him kind of unravel because of that. Yeah. So should we talk about the meet cute even though they're already together yeah we have what do we call we we usually call it a ryu meet cute when they've met you know uh before you know when they were kids or whatever but this isn't a a different person because he's on a different timeline because of the time travel so maybe a timey wimey meet cute so they originally meet um, at a, in an elevator, or she oh, that's holds, true. She holds an ele- the elevator door for him. Yeah, you're right. The the meet cute, I guess, was in the past technically, but it, w- it was a little weird because they meet and they get stuck in an elevator, but we never get to see them in the elevator, which I really wish we had because apparently he's cracking jokes and it's a really cute scene. Yeah, they talk about it a lot, but yeah. we don't actually get to see it where they. I guess technically fell in love. Yeah, but the other, I guess the the other meet cute, or Tommy Wami meet cute, Tommy Wami cute, <laughs> Tommy Wami, Tommy Wami cute, is when he goes uh, on a different timeline because he's not really going into the future or into the past. He's going into the present, but on a different timeline. Well, yeah. Let's. I mean, let's talk about it. Okay. So he makes a wish. So this is why I don't think it's necessarily time travel. I think it's just kind of like a a daydream sort of magical mm-hmm. sort of illusion because he falls asleep at the train station and well, then, Santa puts him to sleep. Well, <laughs> no, he doesn't fall asleep. Santa, creepy he's, Santa literally knocks him out. He's put into a deep dream like state from Santa by Santa. Yeah. 
uh, played by John B. Lowe, who is like the best Santa. Like he always plays Santa mm-hmm. in these movies. And well, not always because he does play the father in some of them too. Yes, but I still always think of him as That's Santa. True, yeah. um, but I do have to say this is his creepiest Santa role that he has done. Yeah, and again, it's not because he was creepy. It's because the things he was doing was super creepy. So like we have an instance where he does literally put Ethan to sleep. Like he magics him to sleep. We have another scene, magics him to sleep. We have another scene where he like stalks by Ethan's like windows, like his front door windows, like in his home. Like he's already in his home. Yeah. He's always creeping. He's creeping. He's creeping. He's creeping creeping Santa. And so um, it's not that he plays him creepy, but like the scenes that he's in are, are super creepy. Yeah. But so he is, he does put him into some sort of like magical Coma. reality where right. he, his wife is not his wife. His mm-hmm. kids are not his kids. And he has like the big cushy job that he technically, like that he's always wanted. Always wanted. Yeah. Well, no, you, you know, and you make a really good point that it's, I guess it isn't time travel. You know, I think you're right. That's, that's incorrect to say it's another timeline is what he does. And so we see this, a lot in these Hallmark movies where they plop someone into another timeline. So the way I like to think about this, right? Let's say there's timeline A and timeline B. And then you take me, Hamilton A, and put me into timeline B. I take over Hamilton B. So there is no Hamilton A anymore because I'm on B. And we see that in this film because he starts forgetting his kids. Yeah. Which is really fascinating to me too. So there's definitely two separate timelines and that's what's happening here. Well, that's what also makes this uh, Santa a little darker because oh, yeah. he's like, it's like, if you don't figure out why you're here, you're going to lose your whole life. You're going to yeah. lose your memories. You're losing your wife and your kids. It's like Santa feels pretty like threatening yep. um, at this point. And I was, I was kind of digging it. I was kind of into <laughs> this too. like darker, like threatening sort of Santa. Was it Krampus in disguise? Like, yes, <laughs> very, very threatening Santa. Creeping Santa was a quite a joy and a quite a different joy to behold. Uh, a wonderful little detail that I did love when he wakes up in this like new timeline. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's like a detail to show, well, you're not married and you don't have kids, uh, that his screen lock on his phone was a photo of himself. Was it really? And it really made me laugh because it was like, oh, he's just he's just him. He's like this shows like because you see before like it's of his wife and him. Yeah. And then when he wakes up in the train station, it's like just a photo wow. of himself. I miss that. That is a great detail. Yeah, I love little details. It's pretty funny, though, because even when I was single, I don't think I ever had like the screen lock of my phone as a photo of myself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No one no one's ever, ever done that. I, <laughs> I definitely did not do that ever. <laughs> So it definitely gives us a little peek into what kind of life mm-hmm. we're we're ready to to see that Ethan is leading in this world. And he's super excited. I mean, by the the money, the car, mm-hmm. uh, the ho- the home, the AI coffee maker. Who I don't know if you picked up on this very much like uh, 2001: Space Odyssey. Uh, you know, it even had like the red eye in the center there. Very creepy. Again, another little creepy detail. This might have been a horror film in disguise. <laughs> And they had to tweak it at the last minute. <laughs> tweak yeah. it, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's initially very pleased with all of his worldly possessions. Yeah, uh, and he and he finds out that Joyce is not his wife, but she's this big like high power attorney on like the opposing council mm. of you know this this big thing with his company they're doing. And she comes in swinging. I mean, this is the the timey wimey meet cute here. Is she comes in swinging? She's at his office. I'm not sure what she's doing there. I think she's just trying to cause some trouble. But she comes in hot. 
Yeah, uh, she does. And, and, uh, so we definitely want to shout out, and this is where I do find this is interesting. And they did this, a, a really neat way, um, with costuming. And mm-hmm. we recently saw another movie that same costume designer, Nathan Michael Fletcher did, which was another time traveling movie where the, the costumes definitely play a big part in the movie. Yeah. Um, where this one shows more of like the difference between like how he, you know, obviously they were doing okay, but they were having financial trouble. So he dressed a little different. They make this like comment about how he only has like, what is it? Like five suits yeah. in the beginning. And then you, I was you like, rotate your only five suits. It's like what five suits. My goodness. What kind of money is he making? Where do I get five suit money? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, five suits seems like a lot. Like what, how many suits do you need? <laughs> but apparently that's not good enough. Uh, and so we definitely see like the juxtaposition of mm-hmm. him only having five suits to these like super like well tailored suits. Smart, I call them now. smart suits. I yeah. call them smart suits. He has like the vest in there. Like he's rocking it. But also the way the joy stresses. Like yeah. we can see like she's the big high power attorney in this new world. Um, where they're not married and she wears like all of these really like lavish outfits, like lots of like big jewelry. The jewelry and... caught my eye every time. She yeah. is rocking this jewelry left and right every time, especially, you know, towards the end, she has this beautiful, lavish piece, beautiful jewelry, just accentuates just everything on it. Loved it. Yeah. So I think, uh, so yeah, props to Nathan Michael Fletcher. Once, once again, um, he really was, you know, adding to the story and telling a story with with the costuming mm-hmm, for sure and it, it's great to to see that and get that called out uh and also the santa suit really very well done on the santa suit sometimes we get these sort of kind of cheesy suits here there was a lot of attention to detail in the santa suit uh which really you know made him even though he was kind of creepy uh <laughs> it made him jolly it made him jolly and look authentic yeah, um, and you know, so a little romance uh, to talk about. I really, and we kind of brought brought it up earlier about seeing the, you know, this couple that's been together for a while. But we, we come in on them where things are kind of not in the best place. So I really liked that we got to sort of see like this like other view of them kind of meeting for the first time. Like he knows her as his wife, but then in this new world, she doesn't really know him. She knows like a a sort of like persona of who this person might be. But I really did enjoy, and I thought they did this wonderfully, of them sort of connecting in this new world of her like learning about him and seeing a different side of this person that she thought maybe he was. But him seeing her in a different way, seeing her in this like different role, like Mm -hmm. career wise and like seeing, wow, like my wife had this potential. So I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of show like a marriage that, like it was an interesting way to sort of like re- revive their marriage, mm-hmm. like in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. Um, and I really loved like the little moments that they shared together in the movie. It They just, they had a lot of like really sweet, like tender moments of her, like thinking, okay, maybe this guy is crazy to her just like fully thinking, okay, maybe he isn't and this is real. And so I thought the romance was was really done well in, in here. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. I think that's one of the highlights of this film is the, the connection that these two had. And again, you know, they played on Desperate Housewives. I, I've never seen that show, but I'm assuming that's where they built up this sort of chemistry and connection. And that comes into this film. You know, we really get to see sort of that different thing, that different side where she initially doesn't believe him. I don't think she believes him right up until the end, honestly. 
And so she's kind of playing it close to the chest. She doesn't like him. And that, but he keeps trying, you know, cause he knows his wife. So he keeps sending her th- like coffee or hot cocoa and just all these different things and poinsettias, poinsettias, uh, or uh, however you say it, but yeah, like her favorite coffee. And yeah. she's like, how do you know these things? And so it's fun because she's so initially against, you know, him because in this reality he is kind of a jerk. And so that, that relationship, watching that kind of grow was a real treat for me. Yeah, I think one of my favorite scenes is when he actually tells her and like he's like telling her that like because he knows, you know, that she goes to the tree, this tree lighting every year. So he knew where she was going to be and because she did this when she was a kid and he knows that like Fraser furs are her favorite and you can kind of like see in her eyes like, oh, and then they talk about like there's no way that this is going to be weird. And I just, I just thought it was really cute because I can kind of like Joyce like likes that. She kind of like this guy's a little crazy, but I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Um. And that's kind of like where their little bond starts. Uh. But I think it's you know obviously because they're meant to be. So there's obviously this like pull that she has towards him. Well, for sure. I mean, it's reaching across the timelines. You know, they're not together in this reality, but there's still that connection. You know, yeah. they still have a lot of the things in common that brought them together in the other timeline. And so there's that, that, that push and pull there. That's just really fun to watch. Yeah. And I love that. It's like, she's the one that will believe him because obviously no one else would, but she, and so you said that you don't think that she believed him up until the end. And I don't, I don't think so. I think she did believe him from the beginning. She was trying to act like, you know, I think she was putting up a wall because she didn't quite know what was going on. But I think something in her like told her like, this is true like this is real um and i think that's why it worked because she you know like you said their their love transcended the the timelines mm-hmm. so yeah i think she believed him from the start honestly i don't know i i i ooh, that's tough i'm gonna i'm gonna have to disagree just because for me yes she wants i think she wants to believe him but she's such a rational person that i don't i don't think she does until the moment that she sees santa i think that's why she's crying because I mean, she's crying because she realizes that he's going to leave her life now, but she's also crying because she's like, oh my gosh, this, this was real the whole time. But I'm pretty sure there's a line in the movie where she says, like, I believed you the whole time. Okay. And maybe she, or maybe she's joking, like, oh, I, oh, I believed you the whole time. I'm not sure. But well, when we have it on in the background, we'll have to keep our ears <laughs> open for that line. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk a little technical if we can. Uh, I think overall... It's such a weird thing because the lighting in this film was either really good or just okay. It it never was like this clear kind of stylistic choice. It seemed to vary a lot. So we have some scenes which are just lit absolutely beautifully. Like they played with the rim light so well. We have this nice white rim light against the back of their heads. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then we have scenes that are just underlit, very dark, uh, unflattering yellow light there that just didn't work for me. So it was really hit or miss. But the scenes that they do do well, they do extremely, extremely well. Yeah, I mean, I there wasn't anything that stood out to me in a bad way. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a few scenes where usually the interior shots where their house was just a little bit underlit, and just something about the the tonal quality of the yellow lights they use just didn't didn't work for me. It didn't the yellow light is supposed to provide warmth and comfort, and this just seemed a little studio esque to me. But that's my only complaint was those scenes like that because everything else was just beautifully done well yeah i do have to say joyce's house like 
holy mistletoe. Her Ooh. house was beautiful. And this is in the the, the Timeline B. Timeline B. B. Um was beautiful. Yeah. Like I just thought it was like, wow, this woman loves Christmas. Um Yeah, she went she went hard. She did. She woke she, up she woke up and chose Christmas. She did it. And and I love her for that. <laughs> And speaking of that, really, the set decoration was beautifully done. They did a really fantastic job of set de- set decoration here from her house, just across the entire board. Even his office, I don't know if you caught this, but in timeline A, the wreath was a different color than in timeline B on the walls. So it's like they even thought about little details like that. It's like, okay, this is a different timeline. Let's change up the wreaths. It was a really neat little touch. I didn't notice that. Um, yes, you know, we, we love the details. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's someone out there that put up those wreaths and is like, yes, they noticed. Someone noticed me changing out the wreaths. And it's also, you know, you mentioned the suits. And really, you know, this really is a business-heavy film. And I think that's kind of what pulled us out of some of these scenes is, is all the business. And it was kind of neat to see the evolution of him in Timeline B. Because initially, he does dress extremely smart. He's got like 500 suits. But as he stays there and kind of realizes that the material wealth isn't so important to him, he starts to dress down a little bit. Did you notice that? I didn't, but I did. I mean, I did notice that the the costuming told the uh, told a story. Yeah. So I I knew that that you know definitely played into part into a part. I guess at one point I just didn't realize his suits weren't changing. But um, he went for a more casual blazer look towards yeah. the end. The cash blaze. Yes, um, and not only the romance like that that was something really special in this movie that their their connection um you know that he has to turn to her in this like kind of crazy new world because uh, she's the only person he trusts even though they don't know each other but i thought it was really interesting also how they did the storyline with hit their kids yeah so the fact that their kids are adopted in the real world and in this new timeline they're also like foster kids but they're not his kids and that was like to me one of like the really emotional scenes Mm -hmm. was him seeing the kids and them not being his and like when he has that sort of like talk with his daughter who's not his daughter and you know because the whole thing at the beginning was like she wanted him to help her with an application for like a camp and so on this new timeline the santa scary timeline santa scary timeline. Um, i like that that's a good one yeah. she's he like is mentioning like oh well there's this camp like because she plays soccer also in this one and you know i don't know the scene was just really like it kind of got to me he like he tells her he's like oh well i think there's this like scholarship or there's this camp that you know you can sign up for and she's like so excited and she's like oh really that's awesome and um she's like oh i'm gonna go tell my dad and when she like uh, yeah. runs off to say that, like he gets kind of like choked up, and I was just like, oh my gosh, um, like I wouldn't even know like how that would feel to know like that's your daughter, but it's not your daughter. Exactly. Um, so that, I thought that was a really kind of cool way that they did that with the kids, um, and it made for some really sort of like emotional, touching scenes. Yeah, and they, they, you know, we have the the, and we have you know this movie kind of featuring foster care and adoption, as well as as well as the youth centers and how that's important to a community and even like the food pantry. They bring in a food pantry later on. So really this movie kind of sprinkled in a lot of community and togetherness uh, issues like that, that we, you know, sometimes we see in Hallmark films, not often recently. So it was nice to see them kind of touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. My question though to you, Stephanie, how do you wake up every day knowing 
that magic exists in the world. Like, how, how does this man, when he comes back to, you know, his original timeline, ha- handle life? I mean, you, you just hung out with Santa Claus. You know that magic's real. You've been hopping timelines. How do you go back to your daily life? I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would not be able to do it. I'd be searching for Santa. I'd be wanting to cross timelines again. I'd be wanting to, you know, like, what else is real? You know, it just kind of blows my mind. Well, you know, I don't know that Ethan's going to be searching for this Santa again because (laughs) Santa honestly has never been scarier than he was in this movie. Uh. Um, You know, because he's like, he's sort of like a kidnapper. Like he kidnaps Ethan and brings him to this world. There's like negotiations and he's like, and there specifically I'm thinking of this scene where he shows up when Ethan starts forgetting for the first time. And it's like, he just all of a sudden is there (laughs) lurking in the shadows and he's like watching Ethan forgetting his daughter. Yeah. And he's like falling over and you like, oh my God, what's happening? And then there's Santa in the back. Like, you know what I told you? <laughs> you got to figure out why you're here or you're going to forget your whole family. So I don't know that him and Santa had a good relationship. Like, I don't know that he's going to be looking for him. I'm sure it will haunt him yeah. for the rest of his life. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, as far as like living his life, I'm sure... You know, he's never going to take his family for granted again. Otherwise, Santa is going to show up. And, Lesson learned. Yeah. Lesson, you don't want Santa checking in on you. You don't no, want Santa checking not, in on you. Not this Santa. Because even in the last shot of the film, as that camera pulls back, you know, we expect to see Santa. And really, I think we do. I think Santa is the viewer at the end of the film. I think Santa's <laughs> looking in through his, like, living room window making sure that ethan is doing right or else he's gonna get him again yeah um that very well could be true well and speaking of forgetting where he starts forgetting there's another scene um one of like to me the best like scenes in the movie it was very emotional uh is he starts or he does he forgets for real so they're at the you know the big gala christmas christmas party at the end uh looking very snazzy yeah very... she looks amazing like yeah he, he even says like wow or something i said wow like she awesome just fantastic yes and he's got that blue suit on looking looking mighty dapper himself yes they both looked incredible um but they're like dancing and she mentioned some comment about you know his former life and he kind of just is like blowing it off and she's like well wait what are you talking about and then she realizes like he doesn't something's going on because mm-hmm. he doesn't remember because oh yeah he's asking about them dating yeah and she's like what like will you have another family like we're trying to get you back and he's like doesn't real remember that he has a daughter so he's like legit forgetting his former life yeah he's a, he's fully timeline b at this moment yeah and i'm waiting like where's santa santa's peeking out <laughs> santa's dancing over in the corner watching yeah but so she pulls him and she's like oh no because i'm thinking the same thing i'm like oh no so she has to um like i don't i feel like it they they've done these movies before but it's never felt so like dire like it just felt a lot more like darker that like his memories of his family mm-hmm. are fading um no you get to see it firsthand what it would look like and it is kind of creepy yeah it's very scary and then but the scene was so wonderfully done where she's like trying to get him to remember and uh just it was a really great scene it was very emotional and of course she gets him to remember it's you know joyce's power her magic power but yeah that scene i felt was 
was done incredibly, incredibly well. Yeah, because I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't yeah. expecting it. So, and it's, because basically because we weren't expecting it, she wasn't expecting it. We're right there with her. It's, it's such a neat way to do it because when she realizes what's going on, we realize at the same time and we're like, oh my goodness, what's happening? So yeah. we feel what she's feeling. Just very clever, very well done. And I really have to give a, a shout out to the director for that because that is definitely one of my, one of my big scenes in the film there. Yes, the director was Jeff Beasley, who we are fans of here on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, great job. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the thing that we both don't like so much. Uh, let's talk about the, the conflict. The conflict, yeah. For this movie, I felt, you know, at first, I'm sure you were thinking the same thing. Like, oh, this is so stupid. Yeah. But it lasted for all of like two seconds and they, they resolved it, it very was, quickly. It was so, super yeah. weird. Like, I don't, I'm not even sure why we needed it. Uh, they have a party to get some money for the youth center. Uh, he invites Sean for some reason. I don't know why. Their relationship is so weird, Sean and his, to begin with. But um, So Sean tries to sabotage his relationship with Joyce, um, and he does because Joyce just leaves instead of talking to him. So I'm like, here we go. He runs out, fixes it. Really weird that we have it at all, but I guess they needed to throw in a little, little conflict there. Yeah, I I mean, I was not a fan of Sean. We were obviously not supposed to be a fan of Sean. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just forgot about Sean. He was very much in the business aspect of the movie, which <laughs> the I kind of was the just part like we weren't into. blocking out. Oh, here comes business Sean um, talking about business. Yeah, I mean, that character was just kind of like blah for me. Like he was just like typical bad dude, you know. Business guy. Bad dude, bad business, dude business guy. Yeah. You know, didn't want to help the people and, you know, it was all about the money. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like my villains to have a little bit more depth. I like to, you know, I like to care about them a little bit. You know, make me want, you know, make me, if you have a villain like this, make me, you know, kind of like him a little bit. So then I feel bad about liking him. You know, I, I like that. But I will say the Hallmark did, and we have started seeing this more. He, he never became good. There was no redemption for him. That's he just true. was a bad dude and he got fired <laughs> and that was it. You're right. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes maybe we just need yeah. a straight up bad guy. Maybe we just need a bad Because at the end, I thought he was going to hit that woman. I thought yeah. when she fired him, he was about to pop her. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Mary Lou Hinner uh, was in this movie also uh, as Rona. And, you know, I thought she was maybe going to be a bad guy too. Yep. But, you know, turns out she loves people and she was just trying to do good. Letting Sean be bad for so long didn't kind of make sense to me, but... I know, right? She's like, oh, that's why I retired because Sean was like, then fire him. Yeah. You, you control the company. That is your job. So that sort of whole, like. the Again, the business side yeah. of this film we didn't like because it felt like there were some holes there and and it's business. We don't like It business. just wasn't like super interesting to me. Yeah. I was like into him trying to, you know, figure out things with Joyce and like that was where my interest lied with the movie. And when was Scary Santa going to come out again? <laughs> Um, so those are, those are the things that kept so, me. So, so <laughs> him finding himself again in Scary Santa, those were yeah. the draws for this. Okay. All right. Oh man. But my big thing is, so we, we did establish that this isn't technically time travel. Right. But it still is some sort of reality that yes. was made by Santa. Not made by Santa. It exists without Santa. Like there's multiple realities at all, all times. But I think that's it. I do think it, it only exists with Santa because Santa's the one that made it happen, right? So it's like some weird reality that Santa made mm -hmm. to sort of like get Ethan to realize, you know, that he was going down a wrong path. 
I mean, that, that's one theory. You, you could say that is one theory, that Santa made this reality to teach Ethan a lesson. That That is one possibility. Because in the scene where he fig- you know, realizes what, how to get out of this and mm-hmm. how he gets his family back, you know, Santa shows up, like he has to leave this Joyce. Right. And that scene was very sad. Yes. Um, Because she's just left alone crying. And she's like, I'm okay. I'm, I'm waiting. Like she... I feel like she gets it. Like she's the same Joyce, but in this like weird sort of way, like she's like, I'm going to be there waiting for you when you get back home. So in my mind, I'm hoping that that's, this isn't a Joyce that's just left alone and never going to have her Ethan. No, I I think this, I, I disagree. I think this is her being left alone because she refers to the other Joyce as the other Joyce um, throughout the film. So I, in my mind, She's left there, but I think she does change the heart of Ethan B. And that's how I like to picture it is that, yes, Ethan A goes back home, but an Ethan B kind of finds Joyce because he even says, oh, maybe we should go on a date. I think they're going to find each other. I hope so. Because I that, don't want her alone. No, because yeah. that would be devastating. Yeah. Just like Ben, the Ben that's left in Next Stop Christmas when you told yeah. me that he's just left there. And he, you said he won't ever. He won't ever. That's that's what's so sad is he won't ever see her ever. Like he's just alone forever. Right now, right now he's alone. As we're talking, he's alone. Oh, Hamilton War just you know <laughs> casually ruining all of these Hallmark I did, whoa, Christmas whoa, I didn't movies write this for movie. everyone. I did not write this movie. I did not write this movie. Anyways, this movie has a happy ending. <laughs> we won't think about the sad things that happened in Next Top Christmas, but. This is a very much, it's a wonderful life ending, like you yeah. said. It felt, where, it felt like we were watching where the Where's the, you know, bleeding mouth? And my mouth Zuzu's, is bleeding, Bert. My mouth is bleeding. And Suzu's petals. But yeah, he's very much like excited and like wanting to get back to his family and like wanting to fill out that application with his daughter. And that kiss. I mean, when he comes in and kisses Joyce Look for the first you, time. Look at you, bringing up the kiss. I'm sorry, but that kiss, I don't, I don't even care. I'm going to call that blazing inferno right now whoa i know i'm calling it I, it's not my job i'm gonna step into your shoes for a minute blazing inferno kiss but what, what did you think about it well i did not give it a blazing oh inferno. come on I, I thought it was wonderful and i did give it sparks but it wasn't blazing inferno for me the the moment was very wonderful and i did love that joyce was like mm, like she was surprised like what's happening but there wasn't enough like movement for it to be Blazing Inferno, it was kind of just like lips mushed together yeah, and then passion. It, it it wasn't like I said. I need a little bit more movement. Okay. A little bit more hand in the hair hand, kind of maybe thing. something yeah. like that for Blazing Inferno. Or maybe just some Scrooge face. You know, you need some Scrooge face for that Blazing Inferno. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely gave it sparks. It was I loved the moment. I loved that Joyce was surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a sweet ending. It did definitely give me the It's a Wonderful Life vibes, which I love. Um, also a little maybe like Family Man, uh, which I don't think you've seen no. with Nicolas Cage. We should watch that movie. Um, it's very. Doesn't sound like I'd like it. It's a very. It's it's like a it's a wonderful life sort of deal also. But yeah, all in all, I thought, I thought this was a really sweet movie. Again, a little business heavy for me, but some people enjoy like that. Business? <laughs> some people. Some people are watching Hallmark movies for the business. They got to be out there. Let us know. Are you one of those people? Talk to me. Because even like it's so funny at the end. 
uh, you know, his boss is saying, oh, we're going to get you promoted. He's like, I don't want your promotion. It's like, yes, you do. Like, you need that promotion. Wait, Come on. yeah. You want to be promoted by someone who is actually a good boss and it's a different and company. And he knows and like, she's a good boss. Yeah. You know, boss, you know, because uh, so that was a little weird, too, that he didn't want to be promoted. Um, but but it's going to work out for him just just fine. Yeah. So a happy ending, obviously, of yeah. course. And yeah, it was a really cute. I thought it was a cute movie. I mean, we're watching it. It'll be on the background. We'll watch it while we're making some cocoa or making some cookies. And that was A Kiss Before Christmas. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, like we said, things have been crazy with our with our puppy. They continue to be crazy. Like four <laughs> months in, this little puppy will We've not. Had, well, just with holidays, you, you just had a birthday it's that we celebrated. Madness. And but we're back. Uh, we're going to be going through some of these films. So thank you guys for hanging in there with us. And I hope everyone's been having a great holiday season and has been enjoying these films as much as we have. And happy holidays. And we'll see you next time. Thanks.